0: Hey, hey, uh, good, good Sunday morning to, uh, all of you. I hope you guys are doing great. Oh, three of you. Uh, I hope you're doing awesome. <laughs> so, I hope, uh, I hope our lives are looking more like this, a little ragged around the edges because, uh, because God is using us because we're in full use with the Lord, um, I love this picture. It it should be a a picture of of our life as we serve God that uh, we're going to wear ourselves out for God, not for stuff of this world, but for the Lord. Um, Bunch of stuff going on. Just want to let you know on Wednesday nights, we eat pizza and have a meal and we study the book of Romans right now on Wednesday nights. You are welcome to join us. Uh, We have camp coming up. And this is our theme, Reborn Identity, uh, at camp this summer, next month. In fact, July will be all of our weeks of camp that we'll take our kids to. And then Vacation Bible School is coming up again. We already did the one, uh, the picnic at the apartments down the street. Uh, we're gonna do two days here at our building and then we're gonna do another uh, VBS day at the apartments at the end of summer. Love to have you come join us, reach out to our community, as we love our neighbors. And it is Father's Day, so all you dads out there, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, We just had moms not long ago, and uh, so praise God for our dads. Um, uh, Just a little challenge for our dads that we're going to share with with our dads today at our building. Uh, It's a big responsibility to be a dad, no doubt about it. Some of us Kind of, our kids are already grown, and uh, we're moved on from that. But now we have grandkids, and so we have a responsibility with our grandkids. Uh, but dads, you have a responsibility to lead the way. Like God is looking at us as fathers to lead the way in the family, in the church, and in this community around us, where we where He's placed us, where we live. We have a huge responsibility. Last week in our passage, John talked about fathers, young men, and children, and he said to the fathers, fathers, you know him who is from the beginning. Well, that truth is just as good for you and me today, guys. Dads, we're talking to you right now. From whenever you gave your life to Christ, You have known Jesus from that very moment, from the beginning of that walk with God. And so everything about your life should be wrapped up in in who God is in your life. And your life is now in God. And that should impact your family. It should impact your surroundings, your neighborhood, the church. And so it's a call this This is a call from John and from God to us to know God, to love God, to walk in, uh, to walk like Jesus walked and to to be all in with the Lord, like to be all in. Like if anybody should be all in, dads, it's us, because if we're not, probably those under us, our children are not going to either. But if we are, there's a better chance that they will be. And so I hope if you want your kids to know God and to walk in God, you, you and I must lead the way. We must lead the way. We're talking about All In. Happy Father's Day. Uh, We're talking about All In. And we're in 1 John. He's writing to the churches. A lot going on there. And um, we're we're kind of working through this. uh, Chapter 2. And uh, he's saying a lot of things to us. I'm going to get right to our passage because I've got a lot to say about our passage um, John last week gave gave us a big hug, fathers, young men, uh, children, and it was kind of like, you're doing awesome, keep working, keep walking in Jesus, but today the passage is more of a red alert, it's a little more of an alert, it's a little more like wake up, it's a wake up call to us, this teaching uh, that John is going to give us today is for all of us, it's for everyone, not just dads, not just moms, not just kids, but for all of us as people, but again, as dads, we lead the way. And so uh, some of this is going to apply to us fathers, uh, that, that we have a, a huge responsibility in this passage. So here's what John says. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desire, desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Wow, John's been calling us to walk in Jesus, to to keep walking with Jesus, to keep walking in Jesus, to say what we believe and then do what we say, to walk like Jesus walked. Here, John's going to make some, some things abundantly clear about our life as we walk in Jesus on this planet. Because remember, the Bible says we are aliens, we are strangers here, this is not our home, our citizenship is in heaven. And so when we give our lives to Christ and we come into the kingdom of God, this world is a strange place all of a sudden. As we follow the truth of God, the world will look more and more ridiculous and strange and foreign. We will not feel comfortable here. And John wants to make some things abundantly clear as we live in Jesus on the planet. And here they are. Do not love the world. If you do, the Father uh, is not in you. Everything in the world comes not from God. The world will pass away. And those who do the will of the Father will live forever. Those are the five things John says in this passage alone. He's got some big things to say. So we're going to kind of unpackage this thing right now. It's pretty concise, what John says here. I mean, it's a short three verses, 15, 16, and 17. But in three verses, he is going to pack a big punch. There's not a lot of confusion or ambiguity in these verses either. It's pretty dry. It's pretty clear. It's like... There's two sides of this thing, right? There's clearly two sides. There's two teams. One represents evil and darkness and the world and its pleasures. And the other represents morality and godliness and truth. So that song that we've heard as a young kid still rings true. Whose side are you leaning on? Are you leaning on the Lord's side? That's the question for us today. Whose side are you leaning on? Or whose side are you standing on? Where are you? John gives three movements in this as we kind of look at it from a a bird's eye view. Don't love the world. What the world is about. And then why loving the world is a bad idea. Why loving the world will get you nowhere. So let's dig. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Love not this world. This is, this is, is The hijacked world. This is the world after sin has come in and taken over. After the God of the age, Satan, has now come onto the planet. If we're talking about the world as God created, it was beautiful, it was glorious, and it was a home for us. But now it is not. It has been been corrupted. Love, not this world as it is today. World is... This earth, its ways, it's not just the planet and the dirt and the stars and and the matter of the planet, but it has everything to do with what we do on the planet, how we go about life, what our priorities are, the things, the systems of the world. Do not love the world compared to, then the contrast is the kingdom of God that we now have come into, While we're still living on the planet, the world is, is not talking about when he says world, he's not talking about the people of the world, like the fallen people of this world. That's different. He's talking about the ways of the world, the ways that the evil one has now interrupted what God set in motion for people. The reason we know he's not talking about the people of this world, like he's not saying do not love the people of this world compared to do not love the systems of this world, is because in John three sixteen, same author, John, in in, in, or in his gospel, he said, Je- you remember Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So So we know that there's a difference between world stuff, systems, ways, and the people of this world, two different focuses here world in in, in John 3 16 is the whole of humanity it's the souls of people it's it's the human race that Jesus came to save Jesus did not come to save the planet he came to save our souls right those who are made in the image of God who are now have been separated because of sin and because of satan Here in this passage, he's talking about do not love the world, the physical stuff of the world that makes up the world, the planet, including the things and the ways of men and the systems of mankind. Not the laws initiated by God, gravity and the things that God has put in motion, but the laws that have been set in place by people, by us. Influenced by evil. Do not love the world. We don't have to look far to see Jesus loving people while at the same time calling people to leave their life of sin. In other words, come apart from the world. Jesus loved people, but he called us to stay away from the stuff of this world. His compassion was very, very... Uh, Evident, right? The woman caught in adultery, almost every every encounter Jesus has on the earth in, in the Gospels. The woman with the issue of blood, the blind man, Nicodemus, the criminal on the cross. In Luke 19, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, it says he wept because, because the people were lost. And so Jesus has a heart for the people of the planet. His compassion is very evident, but so was his expectation toward godliness. And that's the difference. Like he loves people, but he does not love the ways of men that we have come to be. Love the sin, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. That's the the the, the idea here. His compassion is evident. Jesus came to preach. Remember, he came to preach, repent for the kingdom of God has come, right? He, he is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Why would he take away something if it's good? It's not good. So he's, he came to take away our personal sin so that we could come back into this relationship with God. But sin still reigns on the planet until Jesus returns a second time, and then all that will change. The extremes of evil, sin and rebellion have been countered by the extreme sacrifice and love of Christ. And so what, was, what is evil on the planet, Jesus has come to counter that. He loves us and he came to rescue us from a perishing planet and to provide, provide for us love and grace and forgiveness. So that we could still be in this world, but we can be forgiven in this world. And then we would live lives that would honor God. We would come back into that like pre sin kind of expectations that we would live our lives for God the way God intended us to live. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Where sin abounds, it's big, God's grace is even bigger. And so the soul, our soul has the opportunity for grace, but sin has to be dealt with and sin has to be eliminated, dealt with through the cross and then resisted by those who claim to follow Jesus. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Now, we live in a planet that has all kinds of crazy, crazy craziness going on. And it, it's, it's, it's becoming very difficult to know how, how to approach it. Should we say something? Should we be quiet? Should we just let people just go on their merry way and do their thing? Should we uh, react on social media, in public? Do we demonstrate? Do we go and hold up signs? Do we go and preach on the corners at these rallies that are going on that are strictly evil? How do we respond to that? This is this is a big question for the church and it's a big question uh, like for us to wrestle with as Christians. Like how are we going to respond to this in this in this world? Do we just be quiet? Is that what God would want us to just be quiet? Or, or, or do we, in love, somehow take a stand? We have to take a stand, I think. And so I'm going to throw a picture up here, and maybe you saw this on social media, but 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 it says a lot. It says a lot. This is, uh, you know, obviously a animated picture of Jesus hugging uh, somebody from the LGBTQ community. Okay, just giving them a hug, as if as if Jesus is saying, "I love you." I love you. And and that's that, that 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 makes it hard for us because we almost want to like we get appalled at it. It's just like, this is disgusting. I don't want anything to do with it and you and any of it. Because it's gotten louder and it's celebrated and it's just in our face now. To the point that we're hanging the the flag from the White House, like from from the capital of the United States, we are saying, you know, this is okay in some way. And as Christians, we're like, no, this is not okay. But somehow we have to figure out how we're going to love people even though we do not love the world or the behavior of the world. And this is a tricky thing for us to do. But God's grace, God's grace and God's hug and his love is for every broken soul, whether we have come to realize we're broken or we're still so lost that we don't even realize that we're broken. We're just sucked into the world, doing the things of the world, we we just need to be very clear that Jesus loves these people and and everybody just as much as he loves me and you and this is difficult this is really difficult but we have got to figure out how we're going to love people even though God is calling us do not love the world He came to seek and to save the lost, right? All of us, you and I, we were lost. We were swallowed up by the passion and the lust and the evil of this world. And he called us to go and sin no more. So there is this expectation that we're we're, we're loved by God, but he expects us to stop sinning. He loves people. He loves you. He loves me, but he will not stand for our sin, in fact, he can't tolerate. Sin cannot come into the presence of God at all. He didn't stand for sin, and either should you or I. We shouldn't stand for the evils of sin. But people, we have to figure out how we're going to love. See, the victory, the victory is completely in Christ for you, for me, for anyone. The the victory is in Christ, and in Christ Jesus is where we will learn to overcome the obstacles of a sinful world. So when we come into Jesus by grace, we now have the power and the wisdom and the truth and the direction to overcome sin in our own life and sin in the world, a world that is littered with the traps of the evil one, traps that have the power to steal and to destroy your soul. Just look around. Just go somewhere and sit and watch. Go to Walmart. Go to the mall. Go somewhere and watch. People are searching desperately for fulfillment. They're looking in toys. They're looking with trinkets. And they're looking at the latest fads, trying to find something to fulfill this void that is in them. But it's only God, only God is going to be able to fill that empty void that people have, this need for the creator. People are searching everywhere for fulfillment of that, and they're not going to find it until they turn to the Lord. And, and and he says, do not love the world, do not love the systems of this world. And the many lures, you know, you go fishing and you put on a lure, a surface lure, you put on one that... Drops down, maybe a rattle trap, maybe a a skirted um, jig head of some sort or a plastic that's going to drop down to the. You know, you got lots of different baits to find the fish, right? The devil does the same thing, lots of lures to, to attract us. Prosperity, riches, popularity, pleasures, all these different things, these temptations that he throws at us, hoping that we'll grab onto it. They're very real and they're very personal. The devil knows how to attack you. He knows how to attack me. He's a pro. He's a pro at manipulating the flesh. He is a pro. And if you have the slightest gap in your armor, you put on the armor of God and you have the slightest crack in your armor, something you entertain Some sin that you continue to feed, the devil will exploit that. He will exploit it and he will get in there and he will rip open that gap and he will come in and he will destroy you. We know that he is able to do that. We know that he is able to to go in and pull you away from the truth. We know that he's capable of doing this. He has done this. We see it in the scriptures. In John chapter 6, the scripture says many disciples turned away from Jesus and no longer followed him. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, take care, brothers, that you not fall away from the living God. Why would God say to us in his word, be careful that you don't fall away if it, if it weren't possible for us to fall? It is possible for us to fall away. In 1 Timothy 4, Paul says, the Spirit says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Peter said, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. And Paul calls out Haminius and Philetus who have deviated from the truth. In the Bible, he calls those two people out. 1 Corinthians 5, Paul says, because of sexual immorality among the church in Corinth, he says, hand this man over to Satan. And a few verses later, he says not to associate with someone who claims to be a brother or a sister in Christ, but is sexually immoral, greedy, and an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. He says, do not eat with such a person. That's a high call. For people who say they're believers and then are being sucked back into the world because of choices that they make, decisions to, to follow the ways of the world even though they claim that they're following the ways of God. Oh, don't be fooled. Do not be fooled. The devil is more than able to pull you away and pounce on you and make it seem like it's all okay. Other people do it. You can do it too. No big deal. The Bible challenges stay alert. The Bible challenges be on your guard. Do not be enticed by the glitter or the lust of the flesh. John says, John says, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Not in them. Don't be tricked. Don't be fooled. Don't take the bait of the devil as he throws it out there. Decide now. You must decide now that I will love God more than I will love anything in this world. Look what he says, verse 16. For everything in the world. See that word everything? For everything in the world. You know what everything means? It means everything. Everything has been hijacked by the evil one. Look around you. Just look around. Even the church, even the church on the earth has sold out to demonic teachings. Even the church, what God created and what God declared good and very good, we mankind has given the reins over to the enemy. And the devil has twisted, corrupted, and obscured all that God has made good to trip us up. To trip us up, to pull us away from the creator. And let's be really clear about this. The devil does not care about you. The devil does not care about you. We are just pawns in his evil scheming. That's all we are. That's all you are. To him. Hey guys, hey guys. We're gonna, we're gonna cut it off right there. And um, we're gonna jump right back in, right here where we left off next week. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Happy Father's Day. Go and hang out with your kids. See ya.